Welcome to the Next Level Podcast. You are about to hear an inspirational message from one of our youth services. It is our prayer that this message brings encouragement and a blessing to your life. To find out more about Next Level Youth, visit us on the web at palaceofpraise.com or on Instagram at Next Level Youth Group. All right, so being sick really stunk because I was at home and didn't hang out with anybody but my wife and son, whom I love, from Monday to Saturday, just us. And so, yeah, but something really cool happened. Well, a couple things, but um, we're building something, and this is part of the sermon. I got to watch Loki. I hadn't watched any Loki. Loki is, is very good. I will give Loki uh, 8.95 out of 10. Pretty solid. But I also got to do something that I haven't done in a long time. I got to watch an incredible film that I had not had the pleasure of viewing in a long time. And that film was Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. Thank you. Napoleon Dynamite, if you have not seen it, maybe it's an older movie, I understand. Listen, I'm 30, y'all. This movie came out when I was in seventh grade, and it changed my life. And I assure you that it will change your life. I give Napoleon Dynamite a 9.79 out of 10. So, now, if you, who's seen it? Let me see, who hasn't seen Napoleon Dynamite? All right. Warning. You're either going to love it or you're going to hate it. There are two types of people in this world as far as movies go. You either love Napoleon Dynamite or you hate it. There's really not any in between. And the same goes for the movie that we watched over the summer called Nacho Libre. Yeah. Yeah. Just talk about these movies every week. You either love it or you hate it. There's no in-between. Now, but I have talked to people. These people are very hard to talk to who hate Napoleon Dynamite. Josh, I love you, but Josh Matthews hates it. He's very vocal. You hate Nacho Libre. Talk about movies that will separate people. You either love them or you hate them. Now, Listen, I get sick of this division talk, but I'm going to go there for just a second because we're getting somewhere, I assure you. There are a lot more serious issues going on in the world that are dividing people than really incredible movies, right? There's a lot more serious stuff happening. There's a lot more things that are dividing us right now that are more serious than incredible movies, right? Things like if you're pro-life or you're pro-choice, or if you're liberal or you're conservative, or if you're Democrat or Republican, or issues like climate, issues like sex, issues like gender, issues like that, they are dividing people. Issues like if the Popeye's chicken sandwich is better than the Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich. That has literally started wars. But anyway, those issues are real especially the chicken sandwich, and they're serious. I don't make light of those things. I'm just being a stupid youth pastor. But tonight, in these next two weeks, I want to I take your mind off of those things. I want just to take that, I want you to just try to take that and tuck it away. Put it away for, two, for just two, two Wednesdays, two hours. 
these next two Wednesdays. And I just want you, I want to enlighten you or I want to remind you of the most important issue. The single most important issue. The one thing that truly separates and truly divides all people, whether they realize it or they don't. There's one thing in this life that you literally cannot ride the fence on. There's one thing that there's no in-between on. You can't be in both camps. The middle does not exist. This one thing separates us all. Not just in this life, but in the next life. At the end of all things, when all things are finished, all things are done, and life ceases to exist on this earth, one thing will divide, one thing will separate for all of eternity. And I want to go to Matthew 13. Matthew 13, 47 through 50. This is what divides us for eternity. The kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown in the sea and gathered fish of every kind. When it was full, men drew it ashore and sat down and sorted the good into containers, but threw away the bad. So it will be at the close of the age. The angels will come and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Jesus is the one telling us this parable, and a parable is a story that Jesus would use to illustrate, to try to communicate a spiritual lesson. And He's talking to common people. These people would have known what He's talking about. In, these, in those days, people would fish with nets. That was how commercial fishermen, people that fish for a living, they would fish with nets. And they would throw these huge cast nets out and they would drag them in. And when they drug them in, they would catch every fish that was in that area. It didn't matter if they were the fish they wanted or the fish they don't. Not every fish they caught did they eat. Not every fish they caught did they want to keep. So they would take the fish and they would sort the fish. And so Jesus is saying, the kingdom of God is like this. In the end of all things, all men, all women will be gathered up and they will be sorted out. And some people will be thrown into hell. Some people will be thrown into the fiery furnace forever. So it will be in the end. In the end, there are two kinds of people. In the end, there are two things that separate us. You are either a member, you're either members of the kingdom of God or you're members of the kingdom of darkness. Maybe for more familiar language to you, we've preached about this, we've talked about it. You're either in Adam or you're in Christ. You're either made righteous through Jesus Christ or you are a sinner bound to hell. You are either a son and daughter of Jesus Christ, of God the Father, or you're a child of Satan. Harsh language, but truth. There is no in-between. Jesus Christ, 
the Son of God came to earth proclaiming the good news, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom of God. In John 3, 2, John the Baptist said this, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And then just one chapter later, in Matthew 4, 17, we say, see Jesus say the same thing. He says, from that time, this is when Jesus began his ministry. He went in the public and he started proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. Jesus said, began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This is the message that Jesus preached more than any other message. I don't know what you've heard of Jesus' teaching. I don't know what people focus on when you hear them talk about Jesus. I don't know what someone has told you is the number one thing that Jesus talked about. But I want to assure you tonight, the number one message, the most seen message, heard message of Jesus' earthly ministry where he was proclaiming and preaching, was the message of the kingdom of God. The summary of Jesus' ministry was Jesus was here saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You see the kingdom of God mentioned almost 50 times in the book of Matthew alone. 50 times. This was the message that led to the death of Jesus. Jesus didn't get crucified because he was out saying, hey, you need to love your neighbor as yourself. That's not what took Jesus to the cross. That's not what people got mad about. That's a dumb thing to get mad about. Jesus didn't go to the cross because he said, you should treat others the way you want to be treated. That's not what took Jesus, that's not why Jesus was hung on a cross. That's not what made people mad. That's not necessarily what divided people. Jesus was killed because he was proclaiming that I am the long-awaited Messiah. I am the King of the kingdom and I'm bringing and building the kingdom here and now. Jesus was proclaiming I'm here to establish my kingdom, the kingdom of God, on earth. I'm here to establish and to build and add to my family. I'm here to establish a people. And I'm here to take over. That was the message of Jesus. That was the message that made people angry. And that is the message that put Jesus on the cross. People, especially in like teaching in your, in your history books or people in the world, they, they kind of try to portray Jesus as just this really nice, respectful teacher who taught a lot of good principles. But was that Jesus? Yes, it was. But that wasn't all that Jesus said. And He wasn't always just calm and he wasn't always just collected. And he proclaimed a lot more things than just good principles. He proclaimed, I came, I'm, I'm here, excuse me, and I'm here, and, and I did not come to bring peace. 
Jesus did not come to the earth to bring peace. Jesus came to bring war. Jesus came not to unify. Jesus came to divide. Matthew 10, 34-36 said this. These are Jesus' words. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. Say sword. Just making sure you're alive. For I have come to set man against his father, daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Amen. And a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Get a good mother-in-law, y'all. Mine's, mine's okay. Anyway, she's pretty good, I guess. What was Jesus saying? Don't tell her I said that. Jesus came to bring separation between those who are His, those who are a part of His kingdom, those who are going to believe and give their life for His message, and those who were not. Jesus said, the message I came proclaiming is enough to divide family member against family member because the message I'm here proclaiming is one that you have to literally give up everything you think is right. Every thought you have, you have to take captive and you have to buy in and believe and sell out to what I have to say. You have to live my way. This is an all or nothing walk, an all or nothing faith that is against what most people know. That's why, that's why it brings division. Because when you are a part of the kingdom of God, when you've really become a part of God's kingdom, it has your allegiance over everything and everyone. Did you hear what I said? If you are a member of God's kingdom, that means your allegiance is to it, it's to Him. Before everything and before everyone, period. That's why it brought and brings continually division. But the way Jesus came proclaiming His kingdom and establishing His kingdom and saying, hey, I'm the boss. Hey, I'm the king. The way He started to build and expand His kingdom on earth was not what people were expecting. You see, there was all kinds of prophecies of the coming of Jesus in the Old Testament. And he had a people, the Israelites, who were waiting on Jesus to come. At the time Jesus came, the Israelites, God's people that we read about in the Old Testament, they had been defeated by the Romans. They were under Roman rule and Roman authority, and they didn't like it. So when Jesus came... They thought Jesus was coming to overthrow Caesar and to overthrow the Roman government. But Jesus came doing His own thing, doing it His own way, building a kingdom like no one had ever seen, going about it the way people never thought He would. In earthly terms, i got to hurry. In earthly terms, if you're going to expand your rule and your reign and you're going to build a kingdom, what you're going to do in those days specifically, you're going to find the right people. So the right people are 
swordsmen, archers, jujitsu warriors, ninjas. Those are the people you're trying to get. But Jesus didn't do that. If you were going to establish an earthy kingdom, you would start to gather supplies. If you wanted to feed anyone, you were coming and you were going to have chariots and you're going to have horses and you're going to have spears and you're going to have archers and you're going to have lasers. If you want to win, that's what you had to have. Have you not seen Cowboys vs. Aliens? Anyway, I have, I've never seen it. I don't know what I'm talking about. I have no idea. But nevertheless, just making sure you're alive, Jesus came building His kingdom His way. He didn't care what anyone else thought about the way He was doing it. He was doing it His way, and He was doing it the way it needed to be done because He knew best, and we didn't. We don't. It went against what men expected a king to do. It was a way that was against the ways of culture. Jesus was establishing and building and bringing back an upside-down kingdom to the earth. You ever heard that term, upside-down kingdom? That's the title of these next two weeks. We're just grazing the surface this week. Next week, we'll dive deeper. The upside-down kingdom. Why? Why is it called the upside-down kingdom? Because things work the opposite way that makes sense to things of this earth. God's way is way different than our way. And you're going to see that in the next couple of weeks. The upside-down kingdom. I'm, I'm almost done for this week. All right? So the question is, and we'll leave off with this tonight. What, how do you define what is His kingdom? What is it? How do you define it? I want to just give you a sentence. Can I give you a sentence that's very broad? But I just want to put this in one sentence. Josh, can you put that next slide up for me? The kingdom of God. You can pull out your phone and take a picture if you want. God's reign through God's people over God's place. God's reign through God's people over God's place. God's reign. I'll be fast. God's reign. God, just leave that up there if you would. God is king. Jesus is king. Jesus came proclaiming, I am king. What does that mean? I come to establish rule. I came to reign. I came to reign over God's creation. Jesus was saying, I'm being fast as I can. The king is here. I'm here. And I'm here to reestablish God's rule here on the earth. God's people. God reigns over all his creatures. But he also reigns through his people. God's people embrace God's rule over every aspect of their life. They embrace God's way. They submit to God's rule. They say Jesus is Lord. And they literally give themselves every part of God. They submit to Him. Jesus came to give new life, to give new identity, to redeem people from the kingdom of darkness 
and bring them to the kingdom of light, the kingdom of God, God's place. I'm almost done. God's place. The Bible, the Word of God, is a story of rescue. In the beginning, God created things and they were perfect. And then we messed them up. That's what we did. We messed them up. And the story, the gospel of the kingdom, is not just about God coming and rescuing sinners from a broken creation, which we broke, but it's about God rescuing us for a new creation. It's about God's reign in human lives that one day will extend to the ends of the earth. Jesus came to begin the process of reestablishing God's kingdom on the earth. Now, the message of the kingdom is way deeper and there's way more to it than that. And the rest of the book of Matthew gives us a picture and Jesus is trying to convey and teach us what the kingdom of God is, what it means to be a part of the kingdom, what it means to live kingdom up. That's what Jesus is trying to convey. But this goes so against what's normal. It's completely counterculture. It's completely different. It's a different way of life. It's a different way of focusing. It's a different way of looking at everything. And that's why Jesus conveys this message over and over and tries to explain it over and over again. And he's trying to give us enlightenment on what it means to be a member of his kingdom and to establish his kingdom here. So, if you're like, that doesn't make sense to me. It's okay. Next week, we're going to dive deeper into what that means. Okay? I have a lot more tonight, but I'm not going to be able to get there. We're going to dive more into what that means. And I just want to encourage you. I don't know if you read your Bible or not. That is between you and the Lord, but I want you to know you should. And I always encourage people, if you're going to start reading your Bible, start in Matthew. So if you want to know, what I'm trying to tell you is, if you want to understand God's kingdom that we're going to be diving more into, if you want to understand it and begin to grow in your understanding on your own, go home, read the book of Matthew, because Matthew helps us out by Matthew 4.17, summarizing everything Jesus is conveying, saying, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand.